Welcome to this week's Learning Curve with Shelly and Chad. Shelly, great to be here with you. Hi, honey. Good to be with you, too. Hi. You know, today, after a happy 4th of July celebration weekend, we are going to be shining a light on the shadow side. Why are we doing this? Yeah, so I don't know how this came up in conversation with us, but um, I strongly believe that when you're doing self-development work, uh, you're you know, working to understand yourself better, to develop yourself, anything in personal and spiritual growth, shadow work, uh, which we'll define in a minute, is critical. It's so important. Um, it takes a lot of work because these are unknown, unconscious parts of our personality. Um, but it, And it's very tricky work, but it's essential if we really want to grow and become a fuller, more integrated self. Um, and so I think the that was the backdrop for having this, doing this podcast for us to really uncover this, this self-development work that the Big Self School is all about. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting about the shadow, <clears throat> excuse me, actually, Alan Watts, the philosopher Alan Watts, said that in his estimation, um, this was Jung's overall most important contribution. I would agree with that. Wow. Was yeah. the recognition of this shadow side. And as you said, well, why, why are we looking at, why look at the shadow side? Well, besides the fact that it's one of the least understood sort of aspects of, of, of understanding self-knowledge, it's also perhaps maybe the most important path to self-knowledge. Now, I recently uh, wrote a, a, sh a short book on self-knowledge that we have not yet published, but it, uh, you know, we it, within it, we really talk about how hard it is to know yourself because the self in a lot of ways is a wilderness and there's all these comparisons. It's not always easy to pull the top, top off the lid of our skulls and reach in and just know ourselves. It can be challenging and the shadow is a case in point for that. Yeah, and I, you know, so much of what we are about is is not only self knowledge, but self compassion and self love, self acceptance, and so which you have to have a lot of. Absolutely, to, to yeah. Look at the shadow. Well, and most of, of us default into what I would call a self loathing. You know, we're quick to judge ourselves, or quick to project that onto others. So, so the the self development work it is knowing yourself, but you know, I would ask to what end? And so, to me. The end is self-love and also service to others. And so when you, you have a well-developed self, uh, the chances are higher that you will cre create some self-love in that process as well. And then that is how you really um, bring these generative gifts into the world consistently, sustainably. And so it does start with self-knowledge and you can't fully know and love yourself until you do the shadow work. And I would just say even more specifically clear takeaways is when you're unconscious to your shadow, you, it hurts your relationships with, you, you said others, and that means all your relationships, spouses, family, friends, professional relationships. If you're, if you're trying to be a leader, all of these things are hurt or inhibited by the way that the shadow will leak out. So knowing yourself and having this more of this compassion for yourself and recognizing these, these things within yourself helps you have it for others. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, 
let's define yes. the shadow a little bit well, so people know exactly what we're talking about. So there's lots of ways that um, in our modern psychology, people talk about the shadow and it is kind of what you think of, of it. You know, Carl Jung was very um, deliberate when this was the, the word he picked to talk about this concept because you think about a shadow, it's ephemeral, um, it's not known, it's not seen, and you really, in order to understand it, have to shine a light on it. And the personal shadow is really, if we were to boil it down to its essence, it is the disowned parts of your personality. So there's an unconscious aspect of the shadow's function. We are, it's really tricky to do this work because how do you become aware of something you're unaware of? How does, how does it play out in your life when you aren't even conscious of it? And so the shadow are all these parts of our personality. I think, I think about it as, you know, a junk drawer, you kind of throw everything in it and you lock it up. Um, I also talk about them a lot as blind spots. Um, so these are just aspects of your, uh, essential self, your true nature, that throughout your life, for different reasons and to varying degrees with different people, we are conditioned, usually in families of origin, a lot of times in the institutions we're a part of, uh, whether that's school or work or um, you know church, it's a religion, so we, we're conditioned to focus and accentuate certain characteristics and we're also conditioned to repress or disown other characteristics. And what happens is those go in our shadow. So we become very unconscious to them. And then we grow up and it has a way of making itself known as we become adults and we and as we function in the world as adults. It, ha it hasn't uh, disappeared just because you've no. uh, pushed it down. It's still there. Therefore, in the shadow, I think... Uh, um, without getting overly uh, jargon-y with using terms, but I think it's an important term, and I think persona is an important term to use almost as the opposite of the shadow. Our persona is what is the part of our personality that we're like shining the light on. This is our... We're aware of it. We're presenting, yes, and we're present. This is like if I'm going into a social situation of one kind or another, this is how I'm presenting myself. I'm aware of it. I'm my affable, friendly, shine a light This is the, self. the persona is is what we would call personality. It's the masks that we present to the world. And it's known, we're aware, um, if someone kind of asks who, you know, wants to know to get to know you or ask about who you are, these are characteristics that you would offer that you're clued into. So you yeah. know you're friendly or you're outgoing or you're an introvert or you're, um, you know, certain values that you have, certain ways that you live your life and make your decisions. It's all just extremely aware and that's your persona. That's who you're presenting to the world uh, in order to have your needs met, reach the goals you want to reach. I mean, there's there's reasons why we've learned to present our persona in the way that we have. I mean, I don't even, do you really think that it's um, completely conscious? Like, I, I think that maybe it's even a little bit unconscious. It's just we unconsciously present ourselves in a way that we know is like valued or positive or regarded well. Yeah, I don't know that all the masks we wear are we're conscious of. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, I'm, I'm aware that I was treated differently growing up being outgoing yeah. and people asking why I wasn't smiling. Oh, yes. um, so I, you know, you real quickly figure out that that needs to be a part of my persona to get by in the world. Like I need to do that. And so that's something, yeah, that I'm aware of maybe some level of that, but maybe not all the, the reasons why. And, and here's, well, okay. And here is, I think, well, it's hard. Okay. Let's just start right here with it. It is not going to be easy because there is a reason listeners out there that you have disowned a certain part or parts of yourself. You, you don't think you like it. You don't value it. And that is so, I think that our question that we're exploring for the next few minutes is how can you completely and wholeheartedly accept who you are if there are sides of yourself that you're too afraid to explore, that you, that you don't like, that you have disowned? Right. And I want to say this too, mm -hmm. that a lot of folks talk about shadow as the negative traits the negative yes. characteristics that we have disowned. And sometimes it's the positive characteristics. So for example, if you were raised in a home of very traditional values, conservative values of how gender roles work, and let's say that um, you were conditioned to, as a, if you were a girl, you were conditioned to be a homemaker, kind of take care of the family, do the emotional load of, of caring for everyone. Um, you may have put in your shadow the boss lady, you know, the one of the, the part of you that wants to step out, the part of you that wants to lead, the part of you that wants to engage with people outside of that nuclear family. And so that may be something that a lot of people have to do some work around is how do you become aware of the positive characteristics of yourself that were not valued or accepted. And so you had to disown them. And I think that over the next few minutes, we need to really kind of hash this out and clarify what it means that, because it's real quickly, we're going to, it, when we talk about the shadow, it's going to sound very negative or, you know, and, and. That tends to it, be the focus of it. Yeah. Or the negative. And a lot of, you know, types of shadows, there's a lot, there's a, there's, there's tons of this out there and you can get lots of examples, but there's a power shadow, the aggressive shadow, the sexual shadow. So these are aspects of personality based on cultural and familial conditioning. You get kind of, um, you sidestep, you disown those. Well, let's talk about those specifically in a moment. Um, but let's also give it a little bit more context. There's a, I mean, of, you know, what is going on in our world today? Of course, we know, there is a lot going on in the political atmosphere, but this is really cool quote by uh, author Robert Greene, the author of 48 Laws of Power and Mastery. And he, wrote, he recently wrote, we have never been more in the thrall of human nature and its destructive potential than now. And by ignoring this fact, we are playing with fire. The permeability of our emotions has only been heightened by social media, where viral effects are continuously sweeping through us and where the most manipulative leaders are able to exploit and control us. 
Look at the aggression that is now openly displayed in the virtual world where it is so much easier to play out our shadow side without repercussions. Notice how our propensities to compare ourselves with others to feel envy and to seek status through attention have only become intensified with our ability to communicate so quickly with so many people. And finally, look at our tribal tendencies and how they have they have now found the perfect medium to operate in. We can find a group to identify with, reinforce our tribal opinions in a virtual echo chamber, and demonize any outsiders leading to mob intimidation. The potential for mayhem stemming from the primitive side of our nature has only increased. I love that. Yeah. Oh, so true. Well said. Yeah, I, you know, all of the the crap happening on social media right now is displays of like shadow infighting <laughs> where people just aren't yeah. aware of their stuff and they're then projecting that out onto onto other people and i think when you take the an anonymity of the the internet and you you know yeah douse it with that anonymity it makes it just a cesspool or certainly yeah but Maybe again, not. that is the that is the negative kind of. Uh, he's highlighting the negative aspect of the shadow, and so yes. I, I want to be careful that we yeah. don't just look at it through I that lens. I think the shadow is also negative when it is unconscious, when we have not acknowledged it, when we don't understand it, and then it is leaking out. That's when you see the, like, say, the egotistical, um, you know, kind of model or the neurotic one. Um, mm -hmm. There's um, there's a lot of different ways that the emotionally unstable shadow. Yeah, dissociating is an aspect of the shadow where, you know, where, where folks have a hard time being present with what is. <coughs> Excuse me. They they might dissociate from what's happening in this moment right now, and and in in that process, they're pushing a lot of uh, details into their shadow. Yeah. Uh, so the the key word is going to be integration, and this is an interesting um, example. I mean, at least hearing so hearing Alan Watts talk about Carl Jung. Uh, is, is, is kind of fascinating. Apparently, Alan Watts was able to sit down for a long conversation with Carl Jung in 1958, and he said that his experience of being with, with Carl Jung was, was really uh, fascinating to him. He was like, when you're in the, in the midst of the presence of a famous person or someone that's highly respected or regarded, you tend to feel a sense of, he didn't use the word subservience, but you, t you tend to feel a little bit in awe and that you're you're kind of being a little bit judged by the things that you say and you have to be careful and he was like he couldn't believe how what a thoroughly integrated person that Carl Jung seemed to be because he was the opposite. He was welcoming. He was non-judging of, of response and discussion. And Watts's only takeaway was that he must have been so in tune with all the sides of his personalities that he understood the evil within him so to speak that's the, the an extreme version of discussing it but he, he understood um the, his limitations he was able to have so much self-compassion that he was able to extend it to others mm -hmm. and that's the kind of the goal yeah and i you know the goal of what i am about in my life in this 
you know, the school that we're building is if I had to say one thing, it would be integration. You know, the task, I feel like the purpose of our life is to use the experiences that life presents to us to grow us up into whole human beings. And that, of course, includes the shadow and the negative and the weaknesses and the things that we are scared to look at and the things that we don't want other people to see about us. But that's the goal of of integration. Um, I think the Latin root is integra. Is that right? Uh, and it means wholeness. I think it's integratus. Integratus? Yeah. Okay. Meaning to make whole. And what's interesting is sort of, you know, the opposite of it, dis- disintegrate, you know, right. to break down, right? Okay. Is, um, yeah, you know, actually, so, and this is like to give a brief uh, personal anecdote of like, of why it might not be comfortable to look at the shadow is I've explored this concept more. And I, and I was like, really like, what are like ways to uncover your shadow? And well, and you, you have to ask yourself, well, one of the very first questions is, well, what characteristics do I most judge in others? Oh, okay, right? And so, well, I I was like, I kind of became aware that one thing that just really like makes me upset with other people is when they're arrogant. I feel like I really value modesty, humility. And when someone is clearly arrogant, oh man, do I judge that. And see, and I feel morally validated by that. You know, I'm like, yes, I value my virtue is that I am modest and humble and I judge the arrogant. But it must mean that there is this disowned part of me that, you know, that's not comfortable to look at. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're getting in, we, Chad and I have come up with five questions to help you un- uncover your shadow. I guess I jumped the gun. That yeah, that's okay. Number no. one. Yeah, the first question is, what characteristics do I most judge in others? And this is getting to the core of what you're talking about. So the things, you know, an undiscovered and unintegrated um, shadow, what happens is we typically, uh, because we're not conscious of it, we lob those characteristics out onto other people in judgment. And so for you, it's arrogance. Um, you know, if, if you were to work with somebody or do some shadow work, then they would really want you to understand the arrogant part of you <laughs> and what happened to it that it became disowned. Where, where in your conditioning did you learn yeah. that this is not okay? Whether it's a, a moral imperative of family value system. Like there's, there's things that we learn. And and it's not that I need to go like, be like, Oh, I need to be somewhere in the middle. I need to find a mean between the extremes. I don't think that's what the idea of the integration is. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's not some, Oh, I need to now be not quite so modest and a little bit more arrogant. Uh, My understanding and interpretation of the shadow side is to not judge it. It's awareness. It's, it's when it's, uh, when it's coming up for you, and usually it does come with some kind of emotion, to, the emotion is to get your attention, yeah. to pay attention to it. And so when it is happening and you're mm-hmm. feeling that judgment or that anger at somebody for being just an arrogant a-hole, like that is the clue, the cue that you need to be aware of it. Like that's where you kind of stop and pause and just 
you know, self-observation at that point is the goal. I want to say my, you know, my yeah. judgment in others. Um, so starting, you know, in the last couple of years, like really putting myself um, out there more and more on social media and doing Facebook lives, oh, right. and kind of uh, trying to boldly step into this work. And I, you know, I did not want to do it. I felt like this is uncomfortable and I was so judgmental of people that seem really comfortable with self-promotion and they're the performers and they're out there and they're like talking about themselves. And I, and I did some work around this with my amazing therapist and discovered that this was in my shadow. Like this part of me that wants to use my voice, um, have a platform to help people that that, I was judging that in other people because it was sitting in my shadow. And in order for me to really do the work that I feel called to do, I had to reconcile that. I had to get aware of it and figure out with courage to integrate it into me, who I I am. I think it does take courage, um, some of these things. We're going to resist them. Number So number one is what characteristics do I most judge in others? Number two is what characteristics were not tolerated or seen as unacceptable in my family growing up, right? So yeah. that's that's an indication. That's a great and question not just to ask family, yourself. I would say in institutions that you're a part of, because a lot of that that social conditioning, yeah, school happens when we're you know children, and these constructs start happening when we're little when we're little kids, and so we put all of these beliefs and values in our backpack. And we start learning, okay, in order to get along in the world, in order to belong in my family, in my friend group, I have to kind of manipulate parts of my personality. And so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, three, we've we've been tackling what behaviors or characteristics trigger you the most. It's similar to number one, except it's a little bit more well, follow I, the emotion. Yeah, I want to say this, though. Um, so there's a thing called, Uh, you know, complex that psychology talks about a lot. So this is, you know, when you get triggered and you have an emotional reaction, they would, you know, a lot of um, analysts would say you're in complex. And so you kind of, um, again, it's the emotion is indicating that there's something there to pay attention to. And when we are in complex, we're almost in like these kind of um, polar opposites and we really have to stop and look at what it, what what emotion is happening, what is getting triggered in me right now, um, and then what's at stake for me. And I think mm. that's where we can really start to do some work around having a complex. I was um, at a um, convention a, cu- a couple of years ago, and I remember meeting a bunch of female founders in tech, and. They were um, really vocal about their uh, their their businesses and how successful they were, and you know the data behind them. And they were giving speeches about it. And I was so angry, and I was just like, "You all are um, you're missing the point of life. Like you're so du- like all you're doing is talking about your business." Um, and I really I was angry. I was emotional about it, and I can't. And I wasn't even aware that I was in complex. I was so hooked by this experience until I came back and I could be like, Oh, my business has just failed. (laughs) So I am, 
Oh yeah. What what's happening is that I'm I have some wounding there that needed to get worked on and healed a little bit. Yeah. And then through that process, the 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 judgment, the anger of all these successful women running their companies began to diminish. Well, I could have told you that. <laughs> I think you did tell me that. <laughs> okay. Um, well, number four, what do you most long for? It could be a repressed talent. Uh, yeah, these kinds I of things can be hidden in your shadow I too. I love this one because... Sorry, I did interrupt Yeah, you. no, I think it's good. No, just to add to it, desire. We, you know, we hear about that term desire a lot. And um, I think that you, you need to follow that sometimes. And that's why it takes a lot of courage to follow so, your desires because yes. maybe you've repressed them. So many people that I've worked with over the years, when I ask, what do you want? It's a simple question. What do you want? They're like, I don't know. I don't I have a clue. I don't even know where to start. And I believe that it is because so much of that longing uh, that we're once conscious of as kids and teenagers and kind of the the view we have of ourselves in the world becomes not okay. And so we repress it. A lot of people in burnout, I think, have really repressed it for a long time. When they say, I don't know what I do want, they don't see really a way out. Yeah, They've made so many compromises, maybe. And that's the shadow in, in the darkness. It's yeah. like, of course you don't know because it's so dark. It's so like unconscious. It's so you're you're not aware of it. And so this work really does let you shine a light on it. And even if it's scary and even if it doesn't make sense and even if it's like um, uncomfortable, like, oh, I really Yeah, you're want probably going to, you might judge what? it. You yeah. might judge it within yourself. Yeah, the goal is to get aware of it. Now, number five, I think everybody would be shocked to hear. All right, number five coming from Shelly, what should you do? Study your Enneagram type. Oh, shocking. <laughs> shocking, I, I don't think our audience has ever heard that. Yeah, so the thing is, you know, the Enneagram, for those of you all that don't know, because um, I talk about it all the time, it is a map. It is a map for our spiritual, psychological growth. And so when you know your type, uh, at least have a you know, pretty good sense of where you're starting, you get to understand the fluidity of the Enneagram and that, you know, the goal is integration and we move around the map. And so part of your type is showing you, uh, you know, the, your shadow. When she, so for example, I know I'm a type two, which is the helper, the, uh, the giver, care, 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 I don't know, what's the right word, helper. And I know that pride sits in my shadow. So as I work with the Enneagram more and more, I think you've even said before self-righteous. Oh, yeah. The word that you've used. <laughs> A time um, or two. But, but, you know, my type, we really value how much we give to people. In, uh, and in, in responsive to that, we deny our own needs. And so I sit around and I'm, you know, pretty proud of that. Like, look, look at this ever- uh, the energizer bunny, like I keep going and I keep giving needs and how great am I, but yeah. I don't, I need to understand, you know, the antidote is humility and pride is really sitting in my shadow and keeping me from the growth that I need and the connection, the deep, honest connections I, I really want with people. Okay. Uh, and I agree with you. I think that people can uncover their shadow with that number five studying their Enneagram type. But I think that that is a little bit of a longer play. 
I think, I mean, all, all of this, you know, is, is a process within all of us, but one through four, uh, those are like pretty quick hitters. If you want to immediately kind of start to get a sense of some of your shadow. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and I want to invite people, if you're not already to join our Facebook group, which is big self society. And I'm going to be posing some questions here in the next week or so around the shadow for people to really start to understand what it is. How do I get to know it? Why does it matter? What do I do with it? Um, so if this is a topic that you're interested in and want to be in conversation around it, then we'd love to have you join our group. It's very, it's a very, um, it's a surprisingly important one to familiarize, familiarize yourself with. There are lots of techniques, obviously, for working on it. And um, that's part of the process. And that's part of what the big self school is all about. We've got a couple of book recommendations, which we want to offer up. Um, I think Robert Bly's got, um, I think it was published in the late 80s or early 90s, A Little Book About the Shadow is uh, a beautiful, uh, very fascinating uh, book. Maybe even more specific to Carl Jung's and really distilling uh, in a very understandable, rich way is Robert A. Johnson's Owning Your Own Shadow, Understanding the Dark Side of the Psyche. That could really unpack some stuff for you along those lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are good. I think that's it. I feel like this is a good uh, roundup of topic of the shadow. Um, it's a primer, you know, in many ways, 101 here. So we'll um, continue to unpack it as we, uh, as we go. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you found something of value here. And we will talk with you next week. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Self Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, join the community on Facebook at the Big Self Society. You can find us at big underscore self on Twitter. And we are also at the Big Self Society on Medium, where we feature and curate content on topics ranging from psychology to creativity and productivity. We'd love to hear from you. What show made an impact on your thinking, your habits, your decision making, or anything else? And anyone you'd like us to reach out to and have on the show, let us know.